Welcome to The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net, or become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month by going to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now we're going to get into our next series, The Falcon. And to be honest, in laying out its origins, it may be one of the most confusing old-time radio programs there is. And I will try not to be confusing. I talked a little bit with my wife about it at the dinner table, and she just kind of got lost in this. So hopefully, I'll do better this time. Now, you might be thinking that the Falcon radio series is connected to the Falcon movies that starred George Sanders and later his brother, Tom Conway. That's not right, but there's an understandable reason why people think that. There were actually two different characters named the Falcon that were created in the late 30s and early 40s. The first was a character named Michael Wingate, who was created in 1936 by Drexel Drake and was known as the Falcon. And then there was Gay Stanhope Falcon, who was created by Michael Arlen. In 1940, it was this second Falcon that was the technical basis of the character adapted to film. The radio version of the character was adapted from the Drexel Drake stories. Now, when the confusion comes in is that the last Falcon movie was released in 1949. And in the 1950s Falcon radio series, there's a throwaway line in the introduction about you've seen him in his movies. And technically, the radio version of the Falcon didn't have any movies. Now, of course, the literary origins of the character are probably minimal importance for enjoying the radio program. The Falcon was a name, a brand of sorts that radio and film creators did with as they wanted, adapting the character to do whatever served the trend of the day. Some versions of the Falcon were more daring adventures, others closer to hard-boiled private eyes, and others were involved in international intrigue. The Falcon first appeared on radio in 1943 in a 39-week series starring Barry Kroger, which is unfortunately completely lost. Between 1945 and 1954, the Falcon would be on the radio regularly 
and would be played by four different actors during this period. The second actor to play the Falcon was James Meehan, who was given the role when The Adventures of the Falcon premiered over Mutual in July 1945. Meehan had been a Broadway actor in the 1920s before becoming a New York radio mainstay in the 40s. We'll talk a bit more about him after today's broadcast. Uh, Now, I do want to go ahead and state in advance that the quality of this episode is not great. It's barely listenable. So I apologize in advance to anyone who has any difficulty hearing this episode and do want to assure you that The Falcon does sound better than this. Even uh, next week's show sounds a lot better. This episode of The Falcon originally aired on November 13th, 1945. It's an FRS program, and as I said, it's a, in a bit of a rough condition. Here now is Murder Knows No Borderline. Adventures of the Falcon. Yes, it's that freelance detective, Michael Waring, who is always ready with a hand for oppressed men and an eye for oppressed women. Join the Falcon as he learns Murder Knows No Borderline. Hello? Yes, this is the Falcon. Oh, Maggie, I'm glad you called. I wanted you to know I'm leaving for Mexico by train tonight. No. No, you can't come along. No, there's no use arguing, dear. I'm going alone. I've seen so much murder these last few weeks. But this is one trip I'm going to share with nobody. It's Tuesday evening in Mexico City, the oldest city in the New World. Where once proud Aztecs ruled is now a colorful playground for rich Americanos. One of these later day conquistadores is a man named Vincent Perry. But unlike the other joy seekers in Lindstrom's international bar, Mr. Perry doesn't seem to be having much fun. Hey, waiter! Waiter! Snap into it! I'm gone all day. Well, 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 it's not Senor Perry. What's the matter with the service, Sir Gonzalez? You don't like him now. Lousy. Right. If you mean me, Lindsay, my dear friend, is never one thing in my mind. 
That's why I'm going to let you in on the secret. Jenny, boss, maybe you'd better save it. That's rather impossible, Perry. Because it likely affects you. There's an airplane leaving New York tonight from the Guardia Field. Florida will be a striking brunette wearing dark glasses, whom it might be possible to use culturally. Suppose I decline. You don't want to meet the lovely lady with the dark glasses? No. I had my fill of this racket, Lindstrom. It was okay during the war when things were kind of hectic along the border, but now... But now you feel the risk. That's right. I want no part of it. From here on, you can count me out. As you say, my friend, I can do that. And darling, you heard Mr. Perry? Stop counting. Sure. How far I go, boy? I'll tell you when to stop. Okay? Oh, no. Stop. Fred. That's enough, Gonzalez. There's no point in flaunting your knowledge. Well, ancient history is all right in its place, Maria, but modern-day Mexico has so much more to offer. For example? You. Just think of it. A few short hours ago, you were just a beautiful lady with dark glasses. Don't say that. Why do you make me sound like a woman of mystery? Well, you are, Maria. Why do you wear them all the time? For a very unglamorous reason. My eyes are strange. Oh, that's a shame. But it gives me an opportunity to play seeing-eye dog when we get to Mexico City. But, Michael... Don't worry, Maria. I've been excellently trained. And gentle and guaranteed housebroken. <laughs> Where are you staying? A club. That's not the hotel. Good. I'll pick you up there at 10. But, Michael, I... I have a previous engagement. An old friend... Oh, forget him, dear. For the next 24 hours, just consider yourself engaged to me. <laughs> But he was unfortunately, um, how you call it? Buried uh, in his work elsewhere. What are you talking about? The money, senorita. For two shipments. I'm not very good at arithmetic, but I think he comes to $46,000. You are crazy. I'm wrong. But two times 23000 Get out. The senorita will be very displeased with me if I return empty time. That is of no interest to me. Oh, you are very cruel. But perhaps this will change your mind. You know what this is, Senorita? A rubber hose, yes. I wonder if you can guess to what purpose I'm going to put it. You wouldn't. No? Well. Well, oh. Well, Senorita. You remember now what you do with Senor Lindstrom this morning? No. The lovely lady. Well, we see you'll get in first. 
Oh, I tell you, Mr. Waring, it's probably had been decent happening. Of course, we're not interested in my problem. You'll be surprised. I'd like nothing better than to make mine. I can to say that. Can I offer you a cigarette? No, thanks. You don't know it's been missing. I have been specially blending for me. I'll take my chances. You're a bit of a gambler, huh, my friend? But you're not. I guess that's why you pick on women. You must feel pretty sure they can't hit you back. Maria Mendoza. May I presume on a sort of friendship, Mr. Waring? By all means. You're a stranger in a strange family. There are some of our local customs that may appear unusual. Not very. I've seen the same thing done in New York, and I didn't like it there either. And I imagine that when you informed the people involved, they were no little concerned. Yes. <laughs> My reaction must have set you no end. That's very effective, Vincent. Who writes your stuff? Uh, you better go now, Paul. The being juvenile and I find the pose very boring. I'm sorry. But maybe I can get the Mexico City police to liven things up a bit. Goodbye, Mr. Waring. It's been charming. Well, then, darling. After you've shown Mr. Waring out, I'd like to see you. Go on, Gonzalez. I brought my own compass. I'll manage without it. All right, Paul. What is the Falcon doing here in Mexico? I'm sure I have no idea. Maybe he's working for Uncle Sam, eh? That's not so good. Well, Gonzalez, I believe you're a friend. All right, if I am. Okay, I'm, I'm quitting this one. Now, let's not say things really this Alex, is that way? Remember what happened to Mr. Perry? Yeah, only he's not the smartest one. Sorry, he don't know half the things I know. That's why I can't accept your education. We'll see about that. Thank you, thank you. In the meantime, I'd like you to take me over to Miss Mendoza's hotel. What do you want to go there? My friend, yours is not to question why. Yours is but to do and... <laughs> You know, Gonzalez, it's rather a pity your knowledge of English verse is so limited. Maria Mendoza? Yes? I hope you'll pardon the intrusion, but I'd like a few words. Did, did Michael Waring send you? Only indirectly. My name is Paul Lindstrom. I can't blame you for being startled, Maria. Oh, I may take that little piano. But what do you want here? A great deal of confusion seems to exist. Most of it about you. Naturally, it's for unusual interest to care things up. Oh. Is there? No. No, thank you. Please, Especially Blanche. Allow me. <laughs> Well, they're very strong. You get this dress. Where was I? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, we were about to clear up the mess. Uh, do you always wear dark glasses? Of course not. Just that recently I've been <coughs> having trouble with my, my eyes. Oh, dear. I'm afraid I owe you an apology. It's obviously a case of mistaken identity. It's really most embarrassing. What? I said it was really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maria. What's the trouble? I don't know. I heard it. Tell me. Hey, boss, how much more I got to wait out here? Oh, Mr. Lincoln. Yes, my dear. That's the man who beat me. Where? Don't you see him? He's coming to me. Well, you're imagining things, Maria. Oh, no. Hey, what's the matter for her? Don't you hear him? Yes. No. Don't you imagine this way? 
Oh, dear. My dear girl, you're troubled with an obsession. You must fight back. Fight back? Yes. Destroy the illusion. Yeah, what kind of monkey business is this? Destroy the illusion. You know how, Maria? Yes. Oh, oh. What did I do? Chris, give me the gun. Gun? Hurry, my dear. We must act fast before the police discover Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Gonzalez? Where is he? Try to proceed. Isn't it strange how you can miss him now? You certainly didn't miss him before. Oh, senor. You may have five meals. Thank you, Arthur. Oh, Michael. Michael. Hello, Maria. Oh, Michael. What am I going to do? Don't you worry, dear. I'll get you out of here somehow. I murdered that man. You didn't. Now remember that. You can prove it? Well, not at the moment, but I'm going to. Anyway, what makes you so positive you killed him? When I looked down, I... I had the gun in my hand. When is how and when did the gun get in your hand? I don't know. Now, Maria, you've got to give me a little help. Gonzalo's got it right between the eyes. You ought to remember if it was your gun. I don't think so. Well, where did it disappear to after the shoot? Did Lindstrom take it from you? I can't remember. Oh, you've got to. I tell you, I've forgotten everything. We were sitting alone talking. You and Lance Lindstrom? Yes. All right. I was frightened, but he was very gracious. He offered me a cigarette. Yes. He then me up. I saw that outline. You mean Gonzalez? And then I heard a shot. That's what I'm after. What happened after the shot? I tell you, I don't know. No, yeah, you've got to pull yourself together. You're no help to me this way. Oh, please. Well, well, is Mr. Waring. 
brings you here, my friend. I've come to sue for peace, Lindstrom. I take it and you surrender. Unconditionally. What are your terms? Sit down. You're very generous to a defeated foe. Not at all. Cigarette? I'll stick to my own brand if you don't mind. I imagine they're a lot safer. I'm afraid I don't follow you, Will. I'd be a sap if I didn't learn anything from Maria's experience. She was dope, wasn't she? <laughs> you know, you couldn't prove that in court. I know. There's no harm in admitting it between friends. You take too much for granted, Ford. We're not friends. Our status at the moment is victor and banquet. Try not to forget about the good sir. I'll do my best. Well, what's the deal? That's where you're wrong again. You're not getting any. What? Unfortunately, I need a scapegoat. I think Maria will do very well under the circumstances. But you can't let that girl hang. I can. And I will. I hate to disillusion you, Mr. Barry. She married Gonzalez in cold blood. That's a lie. I ought to know. As you pointed out, I was the only one there. My poor Gonzalez didn't have a chance. He couldn't possibly have seen her pull out the gun. His back was torture all the time. Is that going to be your story? <laughs> Naturally. I always say, honesty is the best part. Mm-hmm. Funny. But I always say, too. All right, Lindstrom, get your coat. We're going down to the local Bastille. Suppose I have other ideas on the subject. Like reaching for a gun? Uh huh. I wish you'd try it, pal. Well, if it would make you any. <laughs> Apparently, I misjudged you, Morgan. Apparently. I. obviously. Yes. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Big boy like you walking around with his slip showing. No wonder you tripped over it. <laughs> Driving, boy, son. I'll leave you now. Yeah, be sure and do that. Comfortable, Maria. Perfectly, darling. Oh, Nata, you don't know what it means. You don't know what you've done for me. I feel as free as a bird. Well, if you're that grateful, the least you could do is to give me a plug. <laughs> I meant free as a falcon. Much better. Now you must do something nice for me. Oh, you just give me a chance here. No, I mean, I mean, the king never seemed to me. Ah. Well, Linsom killed Gonzalez. The reason you didn't know the score was because you were doped. You mean... Yes. That was a merchandise Mr. Lindstrom was exporting to the United States. But why did he pick on me? Because you were the only woman wearing dark glasses on the plane. There was supposed to be another one, but the federal boys grabbed her. But didn't Senor Lindstrom realize I was the wrong person? Not at first. The only one who could identify you was a man named Vincent Perry. He was dead. And when Lindstrom found out his mistake, it was too late. That's when he decided to get rid of you and Gonzalez, who was threatening to talk at the same time. So he thought if he made it easy for you to get a care of the gun, that would take care of me. Uh-huh. He knew it would only incriminate you. After shooting Gonzalez, you see, he forced the gun on your hand. Then he salted it in his safe where I'd be sure to find it. Well, what was the relief when slipped that you made Remembering yourself, I told you that Gonzalez was shot between the eyes. <laughs> well, according to Lindstrom, Gonzalez never even saw you pull a gun. You never knew what hit him. The only way that could work out is if you shot him in the back. Oh, my. You are wonderful. Oh. If there was only some way I could show my appreciation. Oh, there is, darling. 
Oh, Bertram. Yeah, what do you want, Parker? Can you pull down your shade? What for? The little lady and I are about to do some work on hemisphere solidarity, and <laughs> we don't want any good neighbors. <laughs> Welcome back. This one is a pretty standard adventure uh, and with a relatively simple mystery. The putting a gun in her hands and telling her she was the murderer practically meant that we knew who did it. The only question was how. More interestingly, we get a look at Michael Waring's style. You get a sense right away of him being a ladies' man and also being very intimidating. When hardened criminals start thinking about bugging out because you showed up in a foreign city you have no jurisdiction in, you know you're a tough guy. Now, James Meehan, who played Waring, had a couple of interesting roles. He starred in Alias Jimmy Valentine, which was a radio series based on an O'Henry story, and it was produced by the Hummerts in the 30s. Like Carl Swenson, he made the rounds on the soap. He played the male lead, Larry Noble, on Backstage Wife, and uh, the nephew of Just Plain Bill on another soap. He was also the real-life nephew of silent film star Thomas Meehan. So Meehan was definitely a competent actor, and he would end up starring as the Falcon for two years. And, as I mentioned at the start of the program, we do have another episode of his run that is thankfully in much better condition. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank David. David has been one of our Patreon supporters since January 2019, currently supporting the podcast at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, David. And that will do it for today. We'll be back next Monday with another Adventure of the Falcon. But join us back here tomorrow for the start of another Yours Truly Johnny Dollar serial where... We won't seem to listen to reason. And right now, it's a particularly bad period for us. How come? Forbes seems to be in one of his party-giving moods. He has them every once in a while. About three weeks at a time, a big party every night wherever he happens to be. Then he quiets down for a month or two. Yeah, probably resting up. But how, uh, how come he's in Cape Town now? Who knows? Who knows why he goes anywhere he does. Oh, brother, sounds like a real character. Yeah, but what we want you to do is to talk him out of being a character long enough to put that diamond in a safe place and to keep an eye on it until he does. We got a plane reservation for you tonight at midnight. Tonight? Now, just a minute. Now, look, if it's the money you're worried about, don't be. This means a lot to us. We're willing to pay accordingly. Joe, you may not believe this, but I wasn't thinking about the money. Then what? Those three men who got killed over that diamond. You told me about them over the phone. Oh, that. Look, the diamond's 50 years old. Those three killings were 20, 30 years ago. Just the same. Three is always a crowd. And I wouldn't like to... I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.